All right, what's up, and welcome back for another episode of Cognizant and Cognizance, the podcast born out of recognizing the importance of the second stage of the mastery process, conscious incompetence. This is your host, Jim Perro speaking, and every week I add a new chapter onto the anthological discussion on life, taking action, and the value of conscious thought. Join me and the occasional guest for a head in the clouds perspective on how to stay grounded and win in all that you do. Enjoy. So uh, this week I am trying out a new formula, and yes, I love doing my 10 cents for thought just as much as you love listening to it. Yeah, I know. Um, Still going to be doing that, but I wanted to get right, well, let's just be honest. I want to just kind of be able to get right into the meat here, and my 10 cents for thought is essentially the same thing anyway, and that's more for my reflection than it is anything else so I don't know why it took me so long to figure that out it took me 35 weeks to figure out that I could just do that myself without blabbing to you guys about it but uh, thank you for keeping me accountable for the last 35 weeks and isn't that weird I've been recording this for 35 weeks in a row now uh, only 17 more to go anyway uh, but I, my favorite part of the 10 cents was uh, question four what did I learn new today? Which, I mean, there's always a variety of things. And so what I actually learned, um, well, I learned a couple of things. One was an actual empirical piece of data that I learned through some math myself. Um, And so I actually was doing this, having this conversation yesterday with my good buddy, Joe. Uh, Shout out to him and Gabby for their one year anniversary coming up this weekend. That's fucking dope. Um, But so we were having this conversation about, God damn, we need to get out of corporate America because this is just fucking sucking the life right on me, you know? And you know, that's, it's not in the cards right here, right now at the very moment, but things need to be done first in order to do that. Right. So, um, and I mean, so I, th- I just threw a figure out and like, yeah, I'm sick of spending, you know, a quarter of my year in an office at a cube in a meeting, whatever it is. And then I got to thinking like, okay, well, that, that doesn't seem like a right number. That seems like way too much. Can't possibly be a quarter of your year. And by extension, I suppose quite a bit of your life. But so I did the math afterwards and I, I was still thinking about it today when I, you know, rolled my happy ass out of bed to go to work. <coughs> Sorry. So, uh, I actually did some of the math, and this is obviously very rudimentary math, and it's nothing, it's not very specific, it's not taking into account working overtime, or, you know, people that don't work 40 hours a week, it's not taking into account anything other than just somebody who works 52 weeks a year, 40 hours a week. And so I did the math on that, and the math came out to 2,080 hours per year. That's just fucking poof, gone. Absolutely, that's just gone. And so, uh, 
that's so fucking depressing honestly it really is um and so then i just started kind of playing around a little bit and i started adding and subtracting time based on okay 38 hours or 44 hours and so i kind of just settled on this is that all right so my routine i if i wake up at i have to be to work at 8 30 8 45 because that's when our you our morning meetings usually start so if i get there by 8 45 that's fine so i should be waking up at 7 30 every day just so i have time to get some shit done um you know make a lunch and all that good stuff so i gave myself an extra hour per day per week per year for getting ready commuting making lunch and everything and so that jumps it up to 2340 hours per year that's again poof just gone and so at a bare minimum between the ages of let's say you start work when you're 16 and you retire at or let's yeah let's say 18 and 68 you start work when you're 18 and you retire when you're 68 a bare minimum of that 50 years you're losing 26 percent of your life to your office chair which is <laughs> absolutely horrifying that's a 20 i mean if i could even get half of that back i would be happy and so then I, I started thinking about that a little bit more that's so that's what i learned and um so as i was thinking about it today and i was thinking about how it relates to uh surprise the daily stoic and so i had this thought because this is kind of a very loose this is a much worse situation. I don't hate my job, but I'm thinking about most people, most people even in your office, I bet, hate their job. They don't even like being there. They don't even like getting up. They don't love it, let alone like it. So that's 26% of many people's lives that are just being wasted on what amounts to useless garbage. So that's over a quarter of a 50 year period of life. And that's if you only work 40 hours, that's just gone, poof, scram, vamoose, never coming back. And so if you're pouring all your weekday energy into a job that you hate, or not, you don't even have to necessarily hate your job, but you just, you just don't like it, you don't enjoy it, you don't love it, you're probably not being as productive in other areas of life as you could be because you're wasting all the energy that you could be funneling into other things, you know, more fulfilling things. Or maybe you're just not being as productive as you could be if you found something challenging and stimulating to, to do every day, something that kept you energized throughout the day, didn't seem like such a drag on your energy. And so that is the dilemma that I'm going through right now because I love the people that I work with. I love the company and I love the vertical that I'm in. Software sales is really, it's it's great. It's interesting. There's decent money in it. And it's there's always new kind of developments in software because Moore's Law is like totally a thing. And um, if you don't know what Moore's Law is, it's the exponentially the theory behind the exponent well the law behind the exponentially increasing computer computing power of the world and so there's always new crazy technological developments especially in software and so i love that but the work is not challenging it's not difficult or it's not hard i should or no yeah 
easy and simple, difficult, hard. So something is simple means it's not a difficult, it's not hard to understand, but if it's hard, then it's just, yeah, it's just not going to work. And so there's very little, there's very little difficult work to be done here. It's very, very simple and straightforward and also just boring. And so anyway, why am I telling you all that? Why am I kind of, why am I blabbing on about my day job at this point? Well, here we go. I'm going to jump right into today's Daily Stoic, which I read at about 4.30 in the morning because I woke up and couldn't get back to sleep for another hour. So... Uh, today's Daily Stoic entry is, again, the month of May. The theme is right action. Today is May 29th, and this morning I read the entry titled Work is Therapy, which, quick aside, and no, this is not a Holocaust joke, but that is strikingly similar to the phrase work will set you free that was on like the entrances of the concentration camp. But I digress. That is not what this is about whatsoever. There is no genocide here. Work is therapy. And the quote from Seneca's Moral Letters is really, really short. And it's four, it's four words. So Seneca says, work nourishes noble minds. <clears throat> Once again, work nourishes noble minds. Saved about 20 seconds. Add five more on. So... Hanselman and Holiday go on to say, You know that feeling you get when you haven't been to the gym in a few days? You're a bit doughy, irritable, claustrophobic, uncertain. Other people get a similar feeling when they've been on vacation for too long or right after they first retire. The mind and the body are there to be used, and they begin to turn on themselves when not put to some productive end. It's sad to think that this kind of frustration is an everyday reality for a lot of people. Me? They leave so much of their potential unfulfilled because they have jobs where they don't really do much or because they have too much time on their hands. Me. Worse is when we try to push these feelings away by buying things, going out, fighting, creating drama, essentially indulging in the empty calories of existence instead of finding the real nourishment. The solution is simple and thankfully always right at hand. Get out. out. Get out there and fucking work get out there and work are the last words and so again kind of sounds like work will set you free-ish but without any sinister undertones and so thinking about that thinking about how many people feel unnourished in their place of employment i just just kind of gonna rattle a couple of these off just because i th- thought some of these are funny and i certainly invite you to throw a couple of your own in there if i'm missing any but these are kind of the the archetypal workplace responses when somebody asks how is how you doing uh just like the cliched responses that anybody who works in an office job has heard once a day at least since they started working there and they're they're not substantive. They they don't nourish a conversation whatsoever. It's like eat, they're like the pop tart. You know these these little phrases are like a pop tart. Whereas actually having a conversation with somebody is more along the lines of like a, a healthy squared breakfast or like a piece of fruit or something. 
Um, so some of these that came to mind because I hear these literally every single morning, I hear all of these every morning from usually the same people. Um, so, hey, how you doing? Oh, living the dream or I'm here. Uh, <laughs> this is one of my personal, well, living the dream is my personal favorite, but another one of my favorites is another day, another dollar, uh, back to the grind, etc., etc., etc. Those, those kind of things. And I mean, essentially, like I said, these are the, these are the empty calories, the, the shitty processed carbohydrates, the, the, the poor, the poorly, like the poorly digest or non-digestible garbage that people are just tossing out there and you got to eat it and they're not necessarily rude they're in fact quite the opposite because you're having a quote-unquote conversation but these are essentially just little phrases that people use to quickly exit a conversation without actually being rude and you know if i i think we've all caught ourselves saying oh i'm living the dream i did it today but at the end of the day it's not it's not like a useful phrase and someone you know i think there's some really weird parallels between between somebody who's not happy at their job and somebody who's not happy with just someone they're talking to you know you're talking to a stranger you don't really give a shit about what they have to say you may just be kind of curt and short with them and you want to kind of get out of the conversation because you're not seeking or you're not getting any nourishment out of that person's interaction with you whereas you do that in the workplace potentially reflecting that you're not fulfilled at your job i don't know that that's when i'm feeling particularly down on myself that is kind of where i that's the crutch i tend to lean on is oh i'm here i'm living the dream and so i i can only assume that it holds true for some other people but generally speaking i try not to be that person not to say that kind of shit because it's not really it doesn't make anybody else feel better and it really doesn't even make you feel better at all it's just kind of saying things to say them and that's something that i'm doing my best in my life not to do is not to just say things for the sake of saying them mean what you say and say what you mean at all times most of the time anyway um, so that being said I try to be the one that can actually hold a conversation with people and not be like disingenuous, not be not be kind of a douchebag, frankly. Um, and now that that being said, that leads me into kind of talking to literally everyone all the time, even when I should be back at my work, calling some people and taking their money, um, or them giving me their money, I should say. Let's not be let's not be raunchy. However. Here lies the issue with that, because I'm always I'm I'm a talkative individual, as you may have noticed, and I am a very sociable individual. I could talk to just about anybody, and so the issue lies in the fact that through all this talking, this is productive time. This is time when I should be doing other things, and so here's a little realization that I had, and you saw one of the topics today was the difference between being busy and being distracted and stay with me here let's see if you've ever had this this feeling before you get through the day you just barely make it through the day you're like oh i cannot wait for 5 30 to get here 
or 5 or 4.30 or 3 o'clock if you're a teacher or whatever it is. I cannot wait to leave here. I am exhausted. And then the next day, you come into work and you realize, holy shit, I didn't do anything in here yesterday. I got nothing done. And so either you didn't get done what you needed to get done or you didn't get as much of it done as you needed to. And so the the uh, I suppose the the difference here between being busy and being distracted is really all about your output you know sure yeah you were up you were doing stuff all day you were going to this room and that room and you were running around like a chicken with your head cut off but are you just being distracted you're getting pulled down down this rabbit hole or that rabbit hole involved in a conversation that you maybe you want to have but you really don't need to have it or you shouldn't be having it at the time that you're having it because you are pulling yourself in 10 different directions while everyone else is pulling you in the 10 opposite direction and so again the difference between being busy and being distracted i think is strictly down to output sure if you're having all these other side conversations and you're doing all these different things you're a you're a man or woman of many hats and you wear them all spectacularly spectacularly then so be it if you get things done but if you're constantly doing stuff and you're never getting anything done then the odds are you're just distracted that's just my uh my two cents here but again if at the end of the day you're exhausted and everything got done that day you were busy um so here's an achievable i think achievable short-term goal and this is a goal that i'm setting for myself and i challenge you listener within the next 100 days I would like to be able to look back and say that I gave up distracting myself, distracting myself with shiny things and interesting concepts and rabbit hole A through Z and have actually been able to focus on what I'm supposed to be focusing on because I don't, I think that's a, that's a chink in my armor, so to speak. That's a piece that I am a little weak on is focus. And I always feel like I'm busy and I always have a million things to do. But when in reality, if I look back at what I was doing when I was thinking about the things that I needed to do, I probably didn't need to be doing it. Like watching TV or listening to music or reading a book when I have other things that actually really need to be done. Um, And so, yeah, here's a challenge. Think about this for yourself because I... It's, it's actually really, really helpful. It, I looked back the other, yesterday and I had this, this question asked to me. And the question was, what is something that you gave up on your past and why? Or that you're glad you gave up on in your past and why are you glad about it? And so I started thinking on that because, again distracted instead of busy and so I I thought about this for probably a good half hour just kind of perusing through my mind and I'm not a I'm not a person that likes to give up on just about anything I'm a I'm generally pretty stubborn not to a fault but I I just I know what I want and I know how it how I need to go about getting it and so once I've determined a reasonable path for all involved to get what I want, I try to get what I want, you know, 
like if I can help someone out and someone else out in the process, then that makes it even sweeter. But at the end of the day, when I want to make something happen, I tend to make something happen. That's just my assessment. Um, I just kind of went off on a tangent there. Um, what was I just talking about? Oh, right. So something that I looked back on in this half hour span in my life and I tried to find something that I, you know, gave up on. I threw in the towel or I stopped doing something. I'm sorry. Stopped doing something that, you know, I love doing, broke a habit, whatever the case may be. And so the, what I came up with was sports, competitive sports specifically. One second. Um, so competitive sports was that thing that I gave up on that I was really glad that I gave up on it when I did, which was as soon as I graduated high school because, well, a couple of reasons, uh, a, that was just not a fruitful endeavor for me that would have been spending. I would have been spending a lot of time, um, for if, if you don't know me, or you've never seen me in person, I am 5'10", about 190 pounds. I'm an athletic person, but I'm tiny as shit in the competitive, in the professional sports world. So, um, that was just not a fruitful endeavor for me. And I realized that I'm glad I realized that when I realized that, because all the time that I would have spent in practice or hanging out with the team, like, you know, doing uh, traveling around to games and events and all this other sort of shit, um, was able to be spent in other ways that frees up a lot of time and I was a three-sport athlete all through high school and at the time I was really conflicted about giving up sports because it's it's all I had I had always done everything even the summers were filled with training and practices for football and baseball games and all this other stuff and so at the time I was really conflicted and kind of down on myself about it like you loser why did you give up sports like you love sports what's wrong with you but at the end of the day I wasn't that good at wrestling I was okay at baseball but never going to make it into the pros and I was too small to play any position in football that I was even remotely good at so I decided I can't really do any of those at the collegiate level I'm out and I, football was the one that I gave up on last. And that's because, again, I was way too small. to Like, the cornerbacks were my size, maybe a little bigger. And I'm not a cornerback. Anyway, all that time that I now had gained and put back into my life without having to do sports, would have been at practice and games and traveling and everything, I was now able to break away from that routine that I had been in since, like, 8th, maybe even 7th grade. And I was now able to use that time for other things. Should have been used on studying, but it rarely was. But I was now able to meet a shit ton of people, make some really great friends, quite a few of which I still talk to today. Um, was able to meet a shit ton more people through my fraternity and gain new perspectives on life from them. And some of those people are now some more of my closest friends. And so all in all, again, probably should have used more of that time for studying, but you know, hindsight's 2020, right guys? So all in all, it was a great idea to quit sports when I did, which was right when I entered college. And so I will close it out here and posit that same question to you. What is something that you're 
glad on or what is something that you're glad you gave up on in your past and why are you glad about it? Uh, so drop me a comment on Facebook or Twitter or whatever else you're listening. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Music, don't forget to subscribe. Leave me a review on iTunes when you get the chance. I appreciate it. And uh, that's it. My next episode will be coming to you next Wednesday. I will be coming to you. Fr- oh, aha. I'll be coming to you from the south coast of Spain next Wednesday. Woo! Going to Europe on Friday, and I will be there until the 10th. So, sound quality is going to suck because I'm going to have to do it on just my laptop. But we'll have some, uh, some interesting things to talk about next week. And so now with that, I am officially out. Peace! Peace!